So how are you doing, babe? Okay. Tired, like always. Tired. Yeah. But you're feeling good? Feeling all right other than tired? I mean, I don't know. What's your definition of good? Like, I'm just, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> you're, you're not in pain. You're not, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty emotionally well and like yeah. decently happy. Yeah. Just, you know, just tired. Okay. That's good. That's good. I was, just want to make sure you're okay. I'm concerned for you. Oh. I am. I'm just I'm checking in on your well-being. Just want to know you're all right. Just mm-hmm. want to be here for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. You act like you don't fucking believe me. I'm just, I'm just waiting for it. Waiting for what? I don't know what you could be talking about. Yeah. Well, every other time we've we've started a conversation, started one of these conversations, there's been some <laughs> Rivolino wisdom that you've dropped on me. I can't believe you would think. That's where I was trying to be. I'm just trying to be here for you. I'm just trying to be a supportive husband. Because as Rivolino says, <laughs> the girls are horny in March. We cannot let them down. What? <laughs> We're adulting. Uh... You're under the influence. All right, Miss Bottle of Prosecco before noon. Oh, yeah. Maybe we're both under the influence. I mean, I might not enjoy you eating my pussy, but that doesn't mean I don't need to do it. And I said I was okay with a finger. I never said a thumb and three fingers. There's a fucking difference. I'm not really into butt play, but if you want me to strap it on and peg you, I will. Nothing, and I mean nothing, kills the mood more than, oh God, the baby has a shitty diaper. It's over. And we are adulting. Under the influence. I'm Jean. And I'm Jason. Let's do this. And it is good to be back. Yep, every week. It's <laughs> good to be back. We are we are becoming almost reliable in our podcast releases. Yeah, almost. We'll see. Almost. And this is uh, the podcast for the week of St. Patty's Day. Mm, that's true. Do you remember the St. Patty's Day podcast last year? Yeah, I listened to it not that long ago. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. That was fun. Um, my first Irish car bomb. Yeah. And then several of them that night we should Ooh. get we should get stuff for irish car bombs and i actually thought about that for this podcast in particular yeah um, well you should have thought harder and planned appropriately i know that's that's at this point that's probably going to be the cheat meal if that's what we do yeah. Irish car bombs. yeah good point um <laughs> well i was thinking about it'd be cool to do that record this podcast the weekend before saint patty's day and find a local bartender to come over and like make their favorite irish drink you know tell us what ingredients to get and have have them make their favorite Irish drink for us, and then also an Irish car bomb or two, mm-hmm. and uh, just get hammered Irish style for St. Patty's Day, and have that our our podcast. Do you have any Irish in you? I'm not gonna say it. I'm <laughs> not gonna say it. Want some? No. I don't think so. I mean, come on. I have very little Irish in me, so it would be very little Irish in you. Um, well. 
the answer is I don't think so. Okay. I do a little bit. I'm like German, Scottish, Irish. I don't really so. know like my background, like my, you know, my dad's dad was actually a stepdad. He never knew his real father. And my mom's mom was adopted and like her dad's mom was adopted. My, my mom, my mom. My mom's mom was adopted, and yeah, her dad's mom was adopted, so yeah. Mm, I don't know. My dad's grandfather, uh, we don't know much from him back. We know a little bit. They, they've they tracked it back some now, but when he was like 12, he fell asleep on a train car and woke up hundreds and hundreds of miles away. And when he got off the train, when it stopped in the next town, you know, several states over, he got off and was like, well, I guess this is my life now. And he went to work on the at the docks at the train station and loading and unloading shit and just raised himself from the time he was 12 on. So <laughs> That's crazy. First of all, I hope it was a really good sleep. Hope we get a good nap. <laughs> Second of all, nobody in our generation would survive. No, God, no. Nobody. Our generation, can you imagine our kids' generation? Holy shit. Those kids our, our uh, teenager runs around with, there's no way any of them Our teenager it. either. <clears throat> oh, yeah, definitely not. No. Can you imagine? No. No, I can't. Um, yeah. And he's older than, than my great-grandfather was when that happened. Mm-hmm. and We can't even, like, you know, get him to to uh, figure out that he if he needs to take the other dog out, <laughs> yeah. he can use the same leash. <laughs> <laughs> He has, to, be, has to figure out how to survive. <laughs> that would be a rough life working on train mm-hmm. docks, loading and unloading trains, especially at that day and age. This was like 1800s, you know, so it wasn't like you were operating equipment. No, you were picking shit up mm-hmm. and moving it. So it was, uh, it was a different world. And so we don't know a whole lot um, about his family before that. Like, we know who his parents were. But we don't know a lot about a lot about their history. Um, on my mom's side, it's Irish and Scottish mostly. I think there's some English in there too. And then my dad's from his mom's side of him. It's just all German. Same thing in what we know of on my dad's dad's side, all German. So, yeah, um, I pretty much know Nova Scotia, so some Scottish, and you know, Scottish Canadian, and um, Eastern European, and that's the best I got. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you're part Russian. You're a bit of an invader, so I can see it. You that's, are the one in the intro that said something about pegging me. <laughs> Goddamn. Talk about Putin. Hey. Did you just come up with that just now? Yeah. Just off yeah. the cuff? Yep. Here, toast with me. Oh. I made us a special drink for this uh, episode. Didn't have anything Irish, but... Um, yeah, we didn't plan very well. I went local. Okay. Take a sip, see what you think. Mm, that's good. It is tasty. So that would be the Bullshine Seven Roots Herbal Whiskey. Oh, so if we got at the barbecue festival. Exactly. This is local. It's made right up the road in Baltimore. Uh, Disti- Bullshine Distillery there. This is their Seven Roots Herbal Whiskey. Mm. Made into an old fashioned. So uh, a little simple syrup, a dash of regular Angostura bitters, and then a <clears throat> couple dashes of uh, orange bitters. thought the orange would go well with the herbal whiskey so cheers cool cheers something a little different something local not a sponsor but Mm -hmm. 
Hey, Bullshine, if you're looking for a podcast to sponsor. Yeah, we'll drink your whiskey. Damn right we will. <laughs> we, we drank, what did we sampled like everything they had at the barbecue I mean, festival. I did. I don't know about you. <laughs> I did too. I, actually, I didn't sample this one. No, this I was, think you did because you were okay with getting it. Okay, there was, an, no, what was the other one? They had another one that was like know. ginger and something. That one I didn't sample. I don't remember. There were two of them you really liked, this one and another. And I didn't sample the other one, but I did sample this. I was like, all right, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Herbal whiskey, I've never had it, so give it a shot. That is pretty tasty. So what's new with you? What's happening? What's going on in your life? <sighs> I know it's so long since we've actually sat and talked. Um <laughs> Well, getting ready to transition, going back into the office to work. So, navigating all of those things, the going back and forth, having to make sure there's childcare, um, things like that. Yeah. Uh, the yoga studio where I teach just moved locations. So, uh, for about three weeks in February to, to now, there I haven't been teaching, so I just taught my first yoga class the new studio the other day hoping to maybe get another like regular maybe monthly thing going on there something i can commit to yeah and um haven't been right i've been right doing some writing still not as much as i want to never as much as i want to but pretty regular with that i am reading a couple of different things right now i'm uh i'm reading rupee cowers the sun and her flowers yes and you know that's a it's poetry so i like to read that like before bed even mm-hmm. though some of it's kind of dark but i just you know i started um reading this other book called writing as a path to awakening and he talks the the guy who wrote it albert flinda silver is a uh, is a poet and um you know, he just talks about like how there's just no rules in poetry really yeah, and so since I've you know some some poetry I've re- read, I'm just like eh, no, but like you know reading reading this now, I'm just really enjoying like all the the words and the imagery. Even though again, it's it's kind of dark. Some of it's kind of dark, and um, I am doing two yoga ish type studies. One is something uh, one of my yoga teachers, Susanna is teaching on the yogic text, the Devi Mahatmya, which is all about the goddesses. So I'm pretty excited, pretty stoked about that. I've had one session so far. I have to do the recordings, though, because she's in California. Yeah, time difference makes it a little tough. Fuck yeah, 10 o'clock, man, that's late. <laughs> it's real late for us. <laughs> Although I was up Holy last shit. night, which is when a, the, rec- the live was. I could have maybe watched a little bit of it. And um, then tomorrow, starting another series called Temple of the Goddess. Which is going to be looking at the ten wisdom goddesses, the Mahavidyas, which is, um, they're all basically derivatives of a similar goddess, Kali. And uh, lots of like yoga nidra in that, which is a a very um, relaxing, meditative type trance-like yoga. So very excited about that. Um... Yeah, that's that's what I got. Just just those things. That's all I can think of right now. <laughs> hey, I had an idea. So the the yoga studio they have two rooms now. Mm-hmm. They have a heated and a non heated room. What do you think it would take to get it to rent us out the heated room, and we run like a monthly peyote sweat lodge like mm-hmm. they do in Arizona in a heated yoga room? Like 
just everybody do the craziest hallucinations we can. You know, first month we do peyote, the next month we do mushrooms, the next month we do uh, LSD, then ayahuasca, like cap it off. Do like a six month thing. Every month we do a different hallucinogen. Yeah, I don't know that she'd go for that. Okay. I would go for that. That would be fucking amazing. I would definitely do that. I think before you do something like that, you should, one, sit in a hot yoga studio and exist in it for a little bit, because I know you don't like that, (laughs) and two, not at the same time, do a hallucinogen so you can actually experience what that is, and then decide if you want to put the two of those together. I mean, if we're going to do it, I'd have to have like somebody that's like an expert, a shaman, so to speak, Mm -hmm. of a... Of uh, hallucinogens, you know who? Well, there's actually somebody in the comedy world that does that for a lot of people. He will walk them through their first hallucinogenic experience, and it's Ari Shafir. Hmm. Ari Shafir has probably done more when he's when he's not lacing people's yeah when he's not dosing drinks. his friends. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> he will walk people through, and they say he's like one of the best people to do that because he's done so many hallucinogens. Hmm. Um, like if you can name it, he's he's tried it, and he does mushrooms all the time. So, yeah, you just get him to come in and be our shaman to to guide us through this world. <laughs> oh, we got to convince the the yoga studio owner to go along yeah, with I feel first, like so. I feel like it would be better to just go out in the nature to do that. In the okay, nature. okay. Why are you yawning already? <sighs> it is not even noon. Because <laughs> I'm old, shit. Jesus Christ. Um, um, so for me, things... Uh, you know, the biggest change is starting a new job right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big change for me. It's something I've never done. It's in the industry I've been in for a long time, but it's a different position. Yeah. And a lot more responsibility, a lot more. I will be the boss. That's good. And uh, yeah, it's. It, I'm excited about that. <clears throat> um, I've never been in that situation. Like I've, I've been over people, but I've never been over everyone on the job site. So it's going to be. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited. It's, it's a step in the right direction. Um, still, I'm trying to do more comedy. Went out last night. I uh, went out and did some comedy. Did a show uh, down northern Baltimore. Um, there's an open mic every Tuesday and Thursday at Wits End Saloon, which is a small place. It's attached to Magoobie's Joke House. It's in the same building, and mm-hmm. you actually use the same bathrooms. When you go to the bathroom, you go down mm-hmm. a hallway, mm-hmm. and you pop out in the lobby in Magoobie's where all the pictures are, mm-hmm. and you just use their bathroom. Magoobies is where we're going to see Christina Hutchinson. Yep, and where we went and saw Brian Callen. Yep. A um, lot of comedians play Magoobies. Uh, Sam Morrill was just there. I believe Mark Norman's supposed to be coming sometime over the summer. Everybody plays Magoobies. Um, uh, Greg Fitzsimmons was just playing there. So, great comedians. <clears throat> great spot. So, the, the bar attached to it, though, has a phenomenal bourbon selection. Mm-hmm. They have this this entire wall that is a chalkboard, and they have all their whiskeys on the chalkboard. And there's an enormous section that is just bourbon, and then another section that's scotch, and another section that's just miscellaneous whiskeys mm-hmm. that uh, don't fit either of the other categories. So, amazing selection. I was shocked. There were probably, I would guess, 30 to 50 bourbons listed on the wall. It was ridiculous. Um beautiful place beautiful setup small but a nice room uh i did the open mic there first time i'd been down there and uh, met met a couple pretty cool guys good comedians uh some interesting things there were some uh there was one dude that just told all these like short 
like one-liner jokes, and he had just a shitload of them. I think they call him Law, and I feel like I've seen him somewhere before, and I don't know where, but he's just, everything he does is just one-liners. They're short, they're quick, there's boom, 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 boom. And we didn't see him open for, uh, host or open for Brian Callen, did we? I don't know what he looked like. Short, uh, black guy, and just tells a bunch of one-liners. No, I don't remember that. Okay. Seems like I've seen this guy somewhere, but he, he was, he had a few of them that were really good. And a few of them you, you had to think about for a minute. We're like, oh shit, that's brilliant. I was, uh, I was pretty impressed. Um, good time though. And, uh, reading. Did you just, did you, did I miss where you mentioned that you did the open mic? Yeah, I said that a while oh, ago. So I went down there and met some people and did the oh, open yeah. mic. Sorry, I must have zoned out for a sec. <laughs> you were writing something. Um, Anyway, yeah, I had a good time. Did the open mic, met some people, uh, you know, got some laughs. Most of the room was comedians, but there were there were a couple of tables of people who weren't. There's a couple who said they met at IKEA. Yeah, that is the whitest shit I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't even admit that if that's how we had met. Like, how'd you meet? Um, you know what? I was blowing dudes in a truck stop bathroom, and <laughs> like that would be better to me than. Uh, saying we met at fucking Ikea. That was ridiculous. Oh, that was a, a joke I heard was uh, the, that really big woman I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, when she, she said something about, you know, I'm pretty fat. She's like, you know, like, I like my glory holes in the handicap stall because I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I uh, did that. Had a good time. I'm reading the autobiography from uh, this guy here. Mm-hmm. They can't see who that is, babe. I know. Um, picture of the, the I posted a picture of the shirt. My buddy Tony said, "Is that Carlos Mencia or somebody else? I can't remember who it is." That he said. Just sit here and have a lot of dead air. Nah, it doesn't fucking matter. The, Carlos Mencia or somebody else. Anyway, it's Lenny Bruce. So, uh, mm-hmm. reading his autobiography. Good so far. Really good. Um, Man, who got he, you that book? So this really hot chick I know. <laughs> she is sexy. And then we had... She, she, she let me see her naked. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and we had a kid together. Hmm. And we're married. You should meet her sometime. <laughs> Did I tell you I had another life? <laughs> ha ha ha. Now, I've just got the two kids. That's all I could handle. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also reading another book called The 40-something... Fairy hunter. To forty something fairy hunter. Yeah, so it's a it's a series. I read the first one already. It's called the forty something series. I guess series. It's forty something, and it's about this woman who's like forty one, who has just um, ended a marriage. <coughs> well, mm-hmm. like her ex husband divorced her after like twenty years. And so she's trying to, like, find, like, she goes back home to Savannah, Georgia, and she's trying to, like, find her her way again. And um, there's all, it's like, there's a lot of supernatural stuff in it, obviously fairies. And uh, she gets this job, basically, doing odd jobs that are, like, associated with this, like, supernatural world that she can see, that a lot of people can't see, but she can. And um, it's just really funny because she's, like, you know, she's, like, my age, a little bit older 
and she's talking about how freaking sore she is all the time trying to do stuff but um and just like the shit that she says like she doesn't give any fucks and this is really funny you know she talks about in the very first book which is called 40 something bounty hunter um which talks about how she gets this job she talks about uh you know the the smartphones autocorrecting fuck to duck yeah so whenever she's like saying fucking she'll put ducking or you know i have no ducks to give it's just, it's just really funny anyway so it's it's cute it's amusing it's an easy they're easy reads that's good mm-hmm. um reminded me there was a point uh in my uh comedy show i did last night so there was a joke i told the time before when i was on stage and in a uh, heverty grace and when I told it, it like the joke, <clears throat> I start down a path that makes me sound like a douchebag in the story mm-hmm. I'm telling on stage. And then I'm like, oh, no, but it's not for the reason you think. I actually, and then what I say is way worse than the original thing. And that's what makes it funny. Like that's the, like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, shit. And, you know, I've gotten good laughs with it. But in Heverty Grace, it was crickets. I didn't mm-hmm. get any laughs. So I was like really debating whether or not, I was like, maybe that's just not going to work. I mean, granted, it was only one time it didn't get laughs. The other time it did. I told it twice. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go one more time. I'm going to see if this gets a good reaction or any reaction. And it did last night. I got laughs again on it. So I was like, all right. Good. Two out of three times. I don't think two times is enough to say whether a joke is good <clears throat> or not. It's not. But like, you know, normally if it's just an okay joke, you know, it's not very good. Like it'll get like one laugh. You know, you'll hear like one person go, ha, <laughs> ha. I didn't even get that in Heaven's Grace. Like, yeah, it was, but that was one time. I know. I know. It just, it was a very small crowd. Very, very small crowd. But last night I got, got good reaction. It was nice, you know? Had some uh, chuckles. Mm-hmm. So that one I'm going to keep in. I'm going to keep using that. I'm yeah, gonna, I think I keep, you should. Keep honing it. Um, it's very much about timing, that joke is, for it to get a good laugh, I think. Yeah. So, and my timing was better last night on that one. Good times. Good. Good times. Well, the vacuuming going on upstairs. I don't know if you, you can hear that over the microphones, but it sounds like we're recording in a bowling alley. Yeah, well, let's just be glad somebody's vacuuming. That's not us. Yeah, we're down here, and there's vacuuming <laughs> happening in our kitchen. I don't even give a shit at this point if a homeless guy broke in. Like, if he's vacuuming, yeah, take some food and go, dude. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think we would know, though, if that's what was happening, because the dog would bark The dog would go ape shit. Yeah. He's, he's an idiot. Okay. Um, something I was thinking about the other day uh, we, we've discussed this a little bit because we both have these little quirks and idiosyncrasy, idiosyncrasies what are things that you did and your family did in life growing up that you thought everybody did mm-hmm. you know just things that you know well, yeah everybody does that right and then you grow up and you start meeting other people outside your family and cohabitating with other people and you find out holy shit we're the only ones that do this, or at least, you know, not mm-hmm. the only, we, you know, not everyone does this. So, um, one thing I can think of that just immediately pops out, and this, this might be an, a Northeastern thing too, you know, like or a mid-Atlantic thing or I don't know, somewhere in this area anyway, cause that's where my folks grew up. But, um, whenever we would order pizza, my dad would order pizza when I was a kid. Yeah. He'd always put it in the oven when it got there. I just, I thought that was a thing. You put 
your pizza came to the house, you put it in the oven. So when, um, I didn't do that all the time when I was, you know, as an adult and everything. There were plenty of times when I didn't do it, but as I got a little older, I was like, yeah, this is really good to do this. So when I was doing my residency, I had some friends over and got pizza and I was getting ready to put it in the oven and like, damn, this is really good. Like, what, why did you start doing this? How did you, you know, come, how, why did you start doing this? I was like, I don't know. My dad just did it all the time when I was a kid. And you mean you guys don't? Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> that's not a normal thing for people to do. <laughs> I was in my 30s at this point, right? <laughs> and she's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> you just take the pizza out of the box and you eat it. Like, oh, shit. Okay. So, yeah, that, that's the that's a big one I can think of that that's, we still do. Yeah, and we do. And I had never seen that before. That I was like, mm-hmm. really? Because I remember early on when you order pizza, you'd go in there and start the oven. I was like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm preheating the oven. Especially if you're like, eating shit like Domino's, right? Like, well, yeah, if you're eating like pizza or Domino's, you have to do it because the crust is not anywhere, anywhere near done enough. But I was like, why are you preheating the oven? You said, well, she ordered pizza. It comes cooked, you know that, right? Like they don't send you a raw pizza. <laughs> I was I was so confused, and you're like, yeah, I just like to throw it in there. It crisps up the bottom of the crust mm-hmm. a little better. It heats it because you know it's been in the car on the drive out, and uh, sometimes you may be the second or third delivery got a little cold, but it also helps just heat that or do that cook the crust a little mm-hmm, better. Mm-hmm. And on really good pizza, especially like we get here, the New York style pizza, or at like Bob's where we got pizza from yep. in Hawaii, yep, it. It really does make it better. It it just makes that bottom layer of the crust mm-hmm. have that crisp to it that mm-hmm. is perfect. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's something I have to admit that I'm I'm quite glad your family did that because mm-hmm. it's uh, that's a delicious one. The one that comes to mind for me is eating popcorn and pickles. Mm-hmm. Growing up, my my mom would always like anytime we'd be watching a movie or something like that at home, she'd go pop a bag of popcorn, yeah, and then get a jar of pickles out, and we would eat popcorn and pickles. And I know I've heard of other people that have done that, but if we didn't have popcorn, my mom would do potato chips and pickles, mm-hmm. like Lay's potato chips or Ruffles plain, and pickles. And so I grew up eating that. I'd always do that. I'd go grab a bag of chips and the yeah. jar of pickles, and you were like really that's that's a thing i'm like yeah everyone does that right and I asked ray about it and he was like yeah no dude i've never done that <laughs> he's like it makes sense the sour and salty but no i've never heard of mm-hmm. it's like i thought that's why they sold pickles at movie theaters is because it goes well, so well with popcorn but it's mm. it's actually just because people like pickles but yeah i mean it, maybe it is i don't know but like that was very new to me yeah and i it, it's just life for me i didn't know there weren't not everybody was doing that i was like oh shit yeah Pickles are pretty awesome, though, I have to admit. Like, I love good pickles. Yeah, pickles are good. Pickled vegetables in general. Like, um, as a kid, I didn't realize how many things could be pickled. Yeah, like everything. Yeah, like I knew, you know, cucumbers you can make pickles with. I knew my uncle. He was always pickled. Um, (laughs) But now I didn't know all these other vegetables, like pickled red onion. Oh, man, pickled Mm -hmm. red onion on some tacos is one of my favorite things. Or on a barbecue sandwich. Same thing. Um, so just you talk about pickled red onions made me think about this in Costa Rica one of the things that they would just have like sitting out as like for you to like dress your salad with was red onion just in olive oil interesting it was so good 
That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I put, oh man, I just put, I put that on all my salads. And this, they had sunflower seeds too. Hmm. There was a restaurant in Texas that was a, God, I don't remember the restaurant. It was in Lindale. I don't remember the name of it or even what kind of food it was. But on the table, they would have, instead of like chips and salsa, mm-hmm. they would have all these pickled vegetables in this mm-hmm. bowl. And there was like carrot sticks in there and all kinds of different things. It was all pickled. And then there was this like sweet chili sauce that you could dip it in. It was really good. Like they, it was the the sauce was mildly sweet and had just a tiny bit of heat, but it just paired so well with the the pickled vegetables. Mm-hmm. And we ate there uh, with some coworkers. My dad and I ate there years ago when we were working together. And one of our coworkers, who was a complete fucking idiot, took dipped a bunch of that sauce up on a chunk of pickled carrot licked it clean licked it off took a small bite off the end and then right back to the communal bowl of chili sauce and I looked at my dad and he looked at me and my dad just kind of shrugged and I said and I looked at the guy I said well I guess nobody else is having any more of that fucking sauce are we (laughs) my dad just died laughing because he wasn't going to say anything but I was like oh no fuck this dude I didn't like the guy anyway. We had been into it several times at work. So I was just like, no, he's not getting away with that shit. That's <laughs> fucked up. That is the communal bowl of sauce. You do not double dip, mm-hmm. fuck face. Mm-hmm. Not cool. Not cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, popcorn or chips and pickles. That's one of mine. Yeah. Do you have another one? I, you know, there's things that we did that I never like just assumed people did but um like that I don't think anybody else did like so you know my my dad worked my dad was did most of the cooking in my house growing up and um you know I I actually I lived you know for a while my dad after retirement my dad stayed home my mom went to work she was young a lot younger than him and then you know he also did a lot of the cleaning and the cooking so that was what was modeled for me and uh um go figure most of the guys that i've been with have been cooks (laughs) (laughs) and uh he would you know he'd cook dinner like he'd make dinner for us but he he also worked when he did start working and he worked nights so he'd leave around 12 30 or 1 30 in the afternoon and not get maybe it was a little bit later than that but he wouldn't get back until late like midnight is when he'd get home and so he would sometimes make dinner, like, you know, with, like, you know, a meat, a vegetable, a starch, maybe a salad. And yeah. he would just wrap it all up and put all these individual plates in the fridge for us so we could heat it up. Not all, he didn't happen all the time, but a lot. Yeah, he did that. Um, another thing that we did when we'd have tacos, which, okay, so, like, when we had tacos, it was the El Paso mix you know it comes yeah, with the taco shells and the kit. seasoning and stuff little kit so he'd make that and then he would also my mom had these like tupperwares with like this different uh you know the separate little con- like compartments in a tupperware and he'd put you know lettuce and um chopped up tomatoes and chopped up onions and stuff like that and that's how we would have tacos and we could all we could you know make our tacos what we wanted to so those aren't things that i like assumed everybody else was doing but um things that I knew probably people or I wasn't sure if people were or weren't if that makes sense yeah yeah like the pizza thing I just thought everybody did that but yeah 
Uh, that reminded me of uh, the way we had tacos when I was a kid. So my mom always made tacos. There was no seasoning other than some salt and pepper on the meat. It was brown hamburger meat, you know, ground beef. She would just brown it. And like she was terrified of undercooked beef, so it would be almost black. It would be so dry. And um, then it was lettuce, tomato, and she would dice up some onion and it would be on the side. But the lettuce and tomato she would mix up. But then... She would grate Velveeta, American processed cheese, like grate it and like shredded and then mix it in with lettuce and tomato. And that was the the vegetables you put on the taco and then you sprinkle a little bit of the onion on if you want it in hard taco shells with paste picante sauce. So, so here's a question. Did she put did she put the tacos in the oven? The shells? The shells. She usually microwaved them. Yeah, so that was one thing that my dad always did. So he'd make up the meat, and then he would put the meat in the taco shells, and then put the taco shells in the oven. See, she always touch. just she always just uh, added, just microwave the shells without the meat in them. Just yeah. the shells, just heat them up in the microwave. I think she used to do maybe in the oven before. Yeah, because this didn't just heat them up like it made them crispy. Crispy. Yeah, yeah. No, mm, she that just was good. Was she good. just heated them a bit in the microwave. I think she might have done that in the oven a little bit too once in a while, but never with the meat in them. And it was always the, you know, old El Paso hard shells. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was really young and there was a Mexican food restaurant that opened up in the town I lived in and they soft fried the corn tortillas, just lightly fried in a little bit of oil. Mm-hmm. So the tortillas were soft and had a nice sheen of mm-hmm. oil on them. And my parents were like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. They'd never had that. I had eaten at a friend's house whose parents were, were Hispanic and they did their tacos yeah. like that. So I'd had, you know, this was a more authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never experienced that where we mostly had the, the, you know, the hard shells, but sometimes we had soft, but I don't think my dad ever, um, like put them in a frying pan or did anything like that with them with the soft. Yeah. That's, that was the thing. Just like lightly fry them a little bit just to give them a, you know, it makes them a little softer, a little like more pliable and, uh, just adds a little bit of flavor and they're really good that way. But that's the way, you know, that, that was a big thing, whatever that my parents discovered that and my mom started doing tacos that way um yeah it was always the shredded velveta american cheese mixed in with the lettuce and tomato that sounds terrible <laughs> it it is i'm not i'm not a fan um but that was it um, another thing though that we did that i thought everyone did was give a ring when you got somewhere so this is a uh, looking back this is more of a oh wow they were just being cheap but so like if we were anybody was traveling like my grandparents say they'd come to visit and then they were heading home. Well, when they got home, they would call the house, let the phone ring once or twice, and then hang up. And then you call them back and let it ring on that end to let them know, gotcha. To huh. let you know you made it safe. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the, hey, I got here, okay, call, but yeah. I'd never but, heard of that. But nobody answered because back, this was back in the day of only having landlines, but not everybody mm-hmm. had cell phones, and it, there was long distance. Mm. charges mm. so it was to avoid long distance charges they would just let the phone ring mm-hmm. and then hang up and then the ring back saying all right they got it good it was a, a like little, it. little way to signal each other that hey made it safe and mm-hmm. then send back hey glad you made it safe mm-hmm. That's something cool. i didn't realize not everybody did i thought that was a common thing and everybody was like wait what do you mean give him a ring yeah you give him a ring Hmm. Let them know, hey, I made it. It's like, oh, you just call and tell them? No, you just let the phone ring and then you hang up. They're like, usually people get the cops called on them for that. 
interesting. Any other ones you have? I have one other one. So, but if you have another um, one, not that I can think of right now. No. The only other one I can think of, and this was just a, it was a weird superstition that I guess I didn't realize at the time started with my family and then has since ended with my family. But if you're leaving the house and you're pulling out and you for, remember, and you remember that you had forgotten something, so you have to go back in. You have to sit down when you go back in the house. Like, you get whatever you forgot, you sit down in a chair, you get back up and you go. If you don't sit down in the chair, it's bad luck. I think my mom actually started this. Because once or twice, it may have only been once, possibly twice, she had come home because she forgot something, or come back in because she forgot something, went back to the car, left, and then had an accident or a flat tire or something happened, you know. And she was like, it's because I didn't sit down when I went back in the house. Like, wait, what? (laughs) And looking back on that now, I'm like, that's fucking weird. But... Whatever. So that was just, it became the superstition. If you forget something and you go back in, you have to sit for a second. Just sit down, go, I sat, and then get up and go. That's one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) You married into this, babe. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. But you, so you thought other people did that? Yeah, I didn't realize that was something that just, I thought, you know, because there's all kinds of old wives' tales and superstitions and all this shit. So I thought that was just one that other people did too. Like, oh, nope, that's just my family. Hmm. That's just my bunch of crazy fucking relatives that do this. Hmm. And then I found out it wasn't even like all of my relatives that did this because my grandparents were like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, oh. Just nothing, your mom. Nothing, never mind. Just your mom. Yeah, it was just mom. And then, I, but I would do it when I was young, you know. I'd be like, "Get ready to go to school." I'd be like, "Oh, I forgot this book or whatever." Mom, I'm like, "Go, go, go, grab it! Don't forget to sit down." I'm like, okay, go in, grab the book, sit down, jump up, go. That's weird. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> yep, that is super duper weird. All right, anybody else out there have any of those? Um, let us know. Email us aui aui pod jj at gmail dot com. Uh, shoot us an email uh, find us on Instagram at, at AUIPod and you know if you have any of those that you grew up with that those things that you thought everyone did but it was just your family turns out and you felt really weird when you got older <laughs> um, let us know what yours are and when I say this okay don't write in and say yeah my family all said the n-word and then like I got older and realized that's not acceptable <laughs> not everybody says that because that's not exactly what we mean here uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many listeners we have in the South, so you just got to clarify. I'm we pretty have, sure people use it in other places, too. Yeah, but I don't think it's as prevalent. Uh, and uh, maybe in Boston. I think Boston, that's a very common thing. Well, people in Boston are fucking racist. Like, <laughs> big time, and homophobic, too. Like, if you can drop the N-word and call somebody a fag, you are, like, an honorary Bostonite for the day, I think. Like, if you can do both of those in one sentence, like... Oh my god that's a thing maybe pe- maybe you're talking to the wrong people maybe i've known a lot of people in from boston maybe they hid maybe it not from like you everybody you weren't but... one of them huh maybe they hid it from you because you weren't one of them like uh, she wouldn't understand so we got to keep that under the wraps no shut up could happen that's Pretend but it's not be... what happens <laughs> you don't know i do you don't know i do 
<laughs> All right. Let us know. AUIPodJJ at gmail.com. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Or any other comments, questions, thoughts, concerns. Yeah. Um, we're curious. Favorite so- OnlyFans models, whatever. Just send us. <laughs> Which, if you're on kick long enough, you'll get some uh, unsolicited messages from people who might be advertising their 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 uh, OnlyFans pages. <laughs> yep, definitely getting those spam messages lately with all yeah. the the pictures that are tagged with the OnlyFans like name in the bottom of them. Yeah. And uh, the last one I got was actually a different one from the other two because the first two I got were the same. Uh huh. I've gotten a different one before too. I think. Like they were from different accounts mm-hmm. but they had the same yeah. name tagged in the bottom. I've gotten I've gotten a spam uh message with the same profile picture three times but different all different accounts. Uh-huh. Jesus. Which is interesting. It's like so okay, maybe that one with the, with the OnlyFans um tag in there was their that's their way of advertising. They're paying these bots to like send out these pe- these pictures and messages to people to try to solicit more followers cool yeah. but some of these other pictures i'm like like the profile stuff i'm like does this person know that you've taken this? <laughs> yeah. taken this and you're using this to try to like um you know further your end game whatever that might be yeah but so yeah so the other day uh i happened across this website which i'm not going to name um, that is uh, a site for posting explicit material, yeah. <laughs> pornographic material, to an extent. There's there's stuff like that on the internet. <laughs> yeah, please. <Are> you serious? <laughs> please. I am shocked and appalled. And what I found was people are like screenshotting and somehow getting videos of OnlyFans pictures and pages and putting it on this website like they're leaking these pictures and stuff so they're uh like look i know you cheap bastards aren't gonna pay for this 4.99 a month to see this chick naked so here you go here she is i paid that 4.99 a month just to share it with all of you pervs yeah and i'm just like man people and in particular men probably are just ruining this shit. Like, they're just ruining everything. Like, okay, so prostitution's the oldest profession yeah. in history, right? Like, since time began. It's the way, you know, of course, like, there are other ways that women can earn some money <laughs> now that are more yeah. um, e- equal to the, the jobs that men can do. And there are men who would also, you know, who are also sex workers and can either prostitute themselves or sell things that are intimate in nature explicit material explicit material related to them yeah and uh it's just like you know now we've got fuck faces who are stealing shit that i mean the few that i looked at were from of women you know these women have decided to sell pieces of themselves which is within your god-given rights yeah, no shame. And, um, you know, fucking giving it away. And I'm just like, you know, I'm sh- I am know that it's like unconscious and unintentional. And it 
comes from this primal need of men to like this like it is primal to like share this kind of shit but I'm just like unbeknownst to them I assume it's just this other way of like oppressing women unconsciously I'm sure that's not intentional they're not even thinking about that but it's super fucked up it's super fucked up it is and I'm actually I'm looking at this uh, the, the specific site that you talked about I'm looking to see if I can find anything that anything that's guys, and I'm not seeing anything. I mean, the, the their categories are anal, Asian, ass, big boobs, blonde, blowjob, cam girls, brunette, couples. That is on there. Um, dildo, ebony, group sex, hairy, Latina, lesbian, redhead, shaved, small tits, and solo. So I guess the small tits could be guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's. I'm sure got. I'm sure people who are looking for. Guys are typing in small tits to search. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I, I clicked on the couples, and there's one video. <laughs> there's literally one video. So it's really, it's really kind of, it's really fucked up, and it really, it pisses me off. Like, that really does piss me off. Yeah. And I don't think this is a, a an OnlyFans. This is like a porn, just a porn. No, but there are, are you, what, that specific Yeah, video? that one. That, oh. that specific one. Yeah. And so it, it has since made me, you know rescind my comments about doing an only fans <laughs> at least one that would show any type of nudity or anything in the future because um you know i don't want that and i don't want like the kids to be like you know get told by their friends <laughs> hey check it out your mom's on uh this, this website this where website. her only fans got leaked like, what yeah it's just it's really fucked up and that it really bothers me and you know it kind of ties into I, I just finished watching um the pam and tommy mini series that was on hulu which was a docu a docu series like it was docudrama docudrama yeah, yeah based on some <sighs> fact and you know based on fact but some of it Maybe. Some artistic license was taken. Well, potentially, and there's still some things that are unknown, uh, which they, you know, they say at the end. But you know, it's about the it's about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's when their sex video got leaked, stolen, whatever. In the in the the series, they uh, the the video is stolen from yeah. them and then sold and leaked that way. But that was like a huge thing. And I remember when that happened back in like 95, 96, like that was a huge thing. Yeah. I mean that you didn't, there weren't, celebrities didn't have sex tapes out back then. You know, there weren't, nobody did. Mm -hmm. No, nobody did. And like to have something like that that you could actually find on the internet, which I mean, we've talked about this before, at least on the high comedy pod, like when the internet became a thing, like what did you type in to search for pictures of boobs, right? Like any word you could think of and they weren't easy to find. No, it was a lot more challenging in the early days. Yeah, and now it's just out there for everybody, which is kind of sad to be honest. Um but, you know, there's this there's this this recurring theme in in Pam and Tommy where she's like really like she's like super upset about this and he is too. You know, like he's really He's more upset. angry though. Like he's like well, yes. wanting to be violent and hunt somebody down. Well, yeah, but you know, she keeps talking about how she is more adversely affected by it than he is. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's my dick on there, too. Like, how can you say that this is worse for you than it is for me? And, you know, like, there's the part where when they start to sue Penthouse um, for wanting to 
uh, you know, for having the, the the tape and wanting to print pictures from from the tape when they want to sue them. Essentially, like so, she gets she gets called in for a deposition, not him. Yeah, and. You know, essentially what's ruled is that she doesn't, you know, because she'd posed for Playboy, she didn't really have the right to say, but I'm not okay with you guys taking these pictures and posting them, like this very intimate thing. Which is fucking insane. It is insane. But so, but so all this, you know, all to say, so there's this, so in I think the last episode the episode last night you know even though Tommy Lee is always like what are you talking about I'm just as angry as you are and how can you keep saying that you know you're more affected than me there is a scene at the end of the show where they're they like leave to try to get away she's pregnant who knows if this is like true or not like this part this actually happened I think they're in like Vegas and she wakes up and he's not there and he um she goes down to look for them and she finds him at a bar with a couple of other, you know, fans joking about, you know, how like, oh, yeah, he's got like an eight and a half inch penis and which that part probably wasn't the joke. But the, but like if you don't ever make it out as a musician, you could be a porn star. And they're all laughing about this. And there's this other scene where he, you know, he gets angry at this guy and kind of attacks him. But like the guy is talking about like how like, you know, he's got this great dick and like all these things that he can do with it and like how fucking awesome that is and it's like that's exactly the point like that's the point that she's trying to make is like where he's got these dudes patting him on the back willing to give him like all these other opportunities or thinking so highly of him she's being you know pushed down minimized not able to get jobs being judged for the things that she did which she believed was in the privacy of her own yacht <laughs> yeah so it's just it is a really interesting dynamic that unfortunately i dynamic is a nice way to put it but this bipolar um thought process that does still exist you know and it just really pisses me off that people think that they can take such liberty with something that somebody that belongs to somebody else and something as personal as their body and just post it like it's nothing yeah and it was uh you know that, that that's what it boils down to to me in the long run it doesn't matter if she's posted if she's posed nude for playboy or all this that was stolen property of theirs mm-hmm. that was leaked out there and then the assholes at penthouse were like oh but it's we're publishing it as a news thing you know mm-hmm. like oh this is this is out there here's what it looks like and they're you know Trying to say it was their First Amendment right and all this. Mm-hmm. This freedom garbage, of speech, yeah, which is like garbage bullshit. That yeah. you know, they weren't. They were just. They were just trying to post these pictures. But we, the judge also ruled. Like he threw it away. He I know. Threw it out. Yeah, the judge was as big a piece of shit as as Penhouse mm-hmm. was in this this case, and I really do think the the amount of people that saw the video was probably one of the things that hurt. Pamela Anderson's career because she did you know like after Baywatch she didn't do much else like but I think you know people saw that video and they didn't want to have her in their movies mm-hmm. I'm talking about the the movie Barbed Wire that video um, they saw her acting <laughs> and were like you know we cannot it was called Barbed Wire whatever it was called fucking horrible <laughs> that movie was dog shit mm-hmm. okay <laughs> back to the point so though. bad um, I think that did more to damage her career than the sex tape but uh, the the sex tape thing that was just it was wrong. And yeah, you know what? 
props to Tommy Lee though. Like he's got to be pretty good in bed because I've seen her act and she can't. So she definitely wasn't faking it. Like she was having a good time at least. A, so there's this shame other assholes had to ruin it. There's this yeah, that's ex- exactly it. There's so there's this other part. So the guy that um in the show anyway that said that supposedly stole this is a guy named Rand Gautier, I think. And at the very end of it, I thought it was Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen plays this guy. You're so funny. I know. You're I'm welcome. laughing on the inside. <laughs> uh, and so at the very end, they're like, you know, he gets, he goes and starts a marijuana farm like somewhere in the Midwest. And, you know, occasionally he talks about stealing this tape and almost no one believes him. But <laughs> that's what it said at the end of the, the, the series. So, you know, there's, there's this other scene where one of his, this, this girl that he's kind of in love with who, it's lesbian or bisexual, but she's a she's a porn actress. And uh, you know, before she realized that he's the one who stole this and like because he steals the tape and goes to to like sell it, and then people start stealing it from him and start selling it for cheaper, and then it's like out there for free, and like it's just this whole mess. Um and she talks about like she she watches this video like she'd watched the video and she was talking to him about it and she was like you know it was this really beautiful like intimate thing like she talks about like the scene where like you know when Tommy Lee is coming she doesn't like put the camera down for the cum shot she's like looking at his face and like you know and how it was like they were just so in love with each other and when he admits that he is the one who has stolen this tape she is like beyond livid like he'd been staying with them because he was hiding out from the person who had <laughs> fronted the money to like yeah sell this and he could they could yeah it's just a whole thing and she's he's like what are you talking about it's just porn and she's like it's just not this is not just porn porn is consensual like the stuff that you you watch the stuff that i do is completely consensual this was stolen property this was somebody's stolen property that they did not give consent to put this out and ultimately at the end of the the series what winds up happening is there's kind of this guy who's um starting to are you even like a huge spoiler here no i don't think so okay if you don't want to know just mute it for the next like 30 seconds and then yeah i mean back. you're still like there's still nudity and sex and saying the word fuck and fighting and stuff like still go watch the show um but like there like this this guy who is kind of spearheading the you know porn on VHS and porn on the internet type thing um and what he eventually what eventually happens is he he approaches Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson about um like he already has the has it like it's his he approaches them to sign i don't remember exactly the details but like they sign something over so they can actually make some money off of it and he can sell it and kind of contain it more so it just allowed them and i don't i i don't know what the truths are yeah um but it allowed them it allowed them to kind of have a little bit of more give them back a little bit more power over what happened with it it was interesting it was interesting. And Lily, um, what is her name? Lily, the actress who played Pamela Anderson, Lily something. I can't believe I can't remember. I'll look it up in a second. She, I thought she did a great Pamela Anderson. She looked so much like, she actually was t- tinier, I think, than Pamela Anderson was. She did look, like in the face, just so much like Pamela Anderson. Mm-hmm. It was it was insane. The guy looked a lot like, 
Tommy Lee too. Um, he was he's the guy that played the Winter Soldier in right. the Marvel mm-hmm. movies. Played Bucky. <clears throat> um, he did play a good Tommy Lee. Uh, looked so much like him, uh, especially you know Tommy Lee of that era. The whole mm-hmm. uh, Lily uh, James. Methods of Mayhem. That was the the group that yeah. Tommy Lee had. Get naked. You don't remember that song? You, we talked about this recently. Do you not remember that song at all? Get naked. Oh, maybe, probably. It had like little Kim in it, and oh, I don't know. I was. It was. It was so. Like it was the musical version of an Ed Hardy shirt. It was like the douchiest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. But, uh, um, Lily James, that's who played okay. Pamela Anderson. And if you Phenomenal look at, job. if you look at her, not made up to be Pamela Anderson, she didn't look anything like her. I don't think. That's crazy how they yeah. can do that with makeup. You know, we, we actually were listening to part of that, the butterfly effect with John Ronson, Ron Johnson, whatever is John Ronson, John Ronson. Mm-hmm. Um, where he talks about Pornhub and how Pornhub took pornography and put it out there for free to everybody. Mm -hmm. Similar to the OnlyFans thing with this site you saw where it's like putting all these OnlyFans stuff out there for free. Pornhub was a very similar thing. You know, it took porn that most people had to pay for to go to to pay sites Mm -hmm. or buy the DVDs or VHS or whatever, you know, and, and put it out there for free on the internet. And it changed the porn industry mm-hmm. it hurt a lot of people along the way totally like, like it, it it really did and it it like in like it, it really does so it's i mean it honestly people millions it's amazing people are still like doing professional porns <laughs> at all to be honest I'm like, i don't know how they can sustain that and make any money yeah i don't i don't either and, and especially since it's, you know and they talked about it in that book that uh we listened to the audio version it was you know they put it out it's going to be on Pornhub. that wasn't a book it was just a it was just like a podcast mm-hmm. type thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be on Pornhub within a week and mm-hmm. everybody can watch it for free or at least the good clips of it will be. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So bottom line is, you know, you see something cool on OnlyFans or anywhere else and you want to like share it with your buddy. That's, that's probably okay. But like to take that shit and put it out there, it's just as bad as like posting a bunch of nudes of somebody who cared enough about you to share them with you yeah so don't don't be that fucking douche don't be that guy don't be that fucking guy or a girl yeah woman Mm -hmm. don't be that asshole Mm -hmm. all right so we're we're nearing the end of the show for the day uh for this week but uh, i had to share our internet ridiculousness Mm um i like doing this because it's fun i get to we get to get your genuine reaction for some Mm -hmm. things are you familiar with what asmr is (laughs) uh i i'm laughing because the only asmr that i know and i don't even know what it stands for has to do with something related to my work so no okay this is autonomous sensory meridian response interesting okay i'll give you an example here is an asmr words of encouragement video from youtube
Stop. That's what ASMR makes me think of. Do you remember we were listening to... Yes. You know exactly what I'm talking yep. about. It, they were reading part of the... Um, Radiant Sutras. The Radiant Sutras. I was thinking about Kavita. Yeah. No, the Radiant Sutras. And that guy, when he would talk, you could hear every like smacking sound mm-hmm. of his mouth. And it drove me fucking crazy. So it turns out this is actually a thing a lot of people are really into. So is that is that specific? I don't. Oops. Um, is that sp- specifically? I don't understand. I still don't understand what this is. That just that and whispering and the really? little click, and the little clicks and all that. It's that sound is like soothing or arousing to a lot of people, and like there are thousands of videos of this on YouTube. Thousands of this is words of encouragement ASMR. There are some that are literally just people like rubbing a sweater real close to a, a real high end microphone so you can hear the mm-hmm. and they just ah. And this mm-hmm. one here is a lot of the the smacking sounds of the mouth. She's got this furry fuzzy thing on the microphone and she's like rubbing it so you hear that of that. And she's talking and it's just simply words of encouragement. How? And a lot of whispering. I just wanted to do a little bit of chatting. How uh, how many viewers, how many views has this gotten? This one, um, well, she has 114,000 subscribers to her channel where she does this. And how many views has this video had? Uh, I'm trying to find that. Oh, oh 224,000 views. Damn. This video was had. Yeah, six point six thousand people have liked it. Nobody has disliked it. Um, over six thousand likes, though over two hundred and twenty-four thousand views on this video, which was posted October nineteenth of twenty twenty. Mm. <clears throat> um, yeah, she has over one hundred fourteen thousand subscribers. What's ASMR stand for again? It is autonomous sensory meridian response. Huh. Sometimes auto sensory meridian response for short. It's a tingling sensation that usually begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. And it comes from these type of response. Like it gives you this chill Mm -hmm. that like goes down. Like that's a thing. And they do all these videos to try to trigger that. So it's like a more acceptable porn basically. That's where I'm going with this. So... (laughs) They took this and combined it with a certain genre of porn oh. called J-O-I. Are you familiar? No. It's a jerking off instructions. And it's where you are directed on how to jerk off. By and a it's girl? Actually, yeah, yeah. See, here's a, this is a video on Pornhub that I found. First one I found, ASMR countdown to come, three, two, one. Check this out. Yeah. Hey, baby. (laughs) I, um, I know you need something. I know what you need. And I can help you. (laughs) You just, you're just like, actually, I would love All grossed out by that, huh? Yeah, it really doesn't do it for me. I want to get you some relief. Yeah, I can understand the talking mm. and stuff, but the whole like. I want to watch you explode. <laughs> hmm. 
I'm about to explode. Just to see you. Ball of nerves listening to this. Yeah. I want to see you come. The fact that she she's talking like a fucking twelve year old doesn't help for me at all. It's more repulsive. I know you can. And she's like rubbing this sweater with her sleeves. Do you think I can? I can't even see what she's wearing. It's a almost flesh colored sweater, but oh, now the nipples are coming out. Mm. (laughs) A little inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) So they took like one of my worst nightmares. Maybe. And turned it into one of the, a porno video. I can keep you right on track. <laughs> Why don't I? Why don't you shut the fuck up now? How did you come across this? Okay, so the, the ASMR thing I've been wanting to talk about for a while because I thought it was interesting that that that, that, that triggers these responses in people that, that this ASMR thing is, is it's, a, it's a big deal. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are into this. I don't get it at all. It does not trigger that response in me for damn sure. Um, and then I was actually listening to another podcast the other day and they were talking about the JOI videos, just the Jack off instructional videos. And they were like, one of the guys was like, I'm, I'm not familiar with this. And he's like, Oh, and then he's like, it's the Jack off instruction. He's like, Oh, you mean they have like an acronym for it? What? He's like, yeah, you know, this is, this is a thing. So they started playing a couple of them and they found one that was an ASMR one. And one of the guys that does the podcast I was listening to is into the ASMR stuff. So he's like, whoa, wait a minute. And he got all excited. I was like, and they played a little clip of the one that they found. And I was like, this is horrifying to me. Mm-hmm. This is literally like my worst nightmare. And then I, I just looked it up on Pornhub and this is the first one I found. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's first of all blonde, which is strike one, mm-hmm. it's ASMR, which is a huge strike two, three, four, and five. And then, um, the like baby talk voice just, mm-hmm. I was like, this is everything. Like, I don't think there's anything that could make my dick softer than this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so bad. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever need to calm me down, you're like, the fuck off me. Just just have that bookmarked on your phone and pull it up and hit play. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 I'll leave you alone. I'm sorry. That's it. It's Jason's dick repellent. If you make that in a spray. JDR. <laughs> I'm going to play yep. some JDR. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the new name for it. It's not ASMR. It's JDR. Jason's dick repellent. The shit mm-hmm. is horrifying. So that is my internet ridiculousness for you. Thank you for educating me. You should just do a search of that sometime on YouTube, just ASMR, and look at how much of that is out there. It's fucking insane. It, you, I think it would freak you out. You'd be like, holy shit, how is there that much of this? Are there that many people into this? Mm-hmm. It's, it's everywhere. Everywhere. It's <laughs> everywhere. I'm hearing that much smacking and slurping. I know what I want to be happening. Ramen noodles? No, stirring mac and cheese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's close. <laughs> um, it's been a great episode. This was mm-hmm. fun. Yep. I love you. I love you too, baby. And uh, thank you for joining us. It is the Adulting Under the Influence podcast. Follow us on Instagram at AUIPod. Email us, AUIPodJJ at gmail.com that JJ stands for Gene and Jason if you couldn't figure that one out or Jason and Gene one of the two yeah also on Facebook yep oh yeah some people still do that 
Some people do. We do have a Facebook page. Uh, let's just look up Adulting Under the Influence uh, podcast on Facebook. We have it on there. We've uh, updated it this week with the, or last week with all the the new logo and everything. Um, doing some rebranding, doing some changing, and uh, having fun doing it. So, yep. My drink's empty. It's time to get the fuck out of here. Yep. I gotta go back to work. <laughs> See you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jean. I'm Jason. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.